Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Well, hello. Welcome to Jules Says, where I say things and share my life stories and secrets. I'm Jules, Julie, grandmother, mum. It was my birthday this week. I'm getting old. I've known people who celebrate their birthday for a week or even the whole birthday month. One of our friends refers to his birthday as Matmus, so we do too. We just go along with it. I don't actually care all that much about my birthday, just that those closest to me acknowledge it. I've had a couple of unacknowledged birthdays, and it's not a great feeling. If someone tells you that they don't care about their birthday, it might be a good idea to confirm whether they expect you to ignore it or forget it completely or if it just means they don't want you to make a big deal, which is actually the case for me. I must not have been clear about that on those years that it kind of just got ignored. I just think a card or a thoughtful gesture is nice. And I think it's good for young children to celebrate their parents' birthdays as they grow up. It's another small thing that teaches them empathy, that other people matter, that their parents were babies and little children once, just like they are, and their parents matter too. 
As is the case with most little ones, I used to be really excited for my birthday as a child, partly because I was so eager to grow up so I could read, so I could go places, so I could do what I wanted when I wanted. I think even very small children crave agency and competence. But mostly, I wanted to grow up to be a beautiful woman who would be admired. After all, I was taught that that is the value of a woman, so when I was little, I think it's only natural that I wanted that for myself. I remember lying on my parents' living room floor listening to I Am 16 Going on 17 from my mother, Dorothy's, Sound of Music album, and dreaming of being a very grown-up beautiful 16-year-old who was adored by a lovely boy. The fact that Liesel's lovely boy was a Nazi soldier was completely lost on me. I also didn't notice that she dreamed of transitioning from having no agency as a child to being a woman who needed someone older and wiser telling her what to do. That song is pretty fucking ominous to me now. I even thought, 12. Now, 12 years old will be wonderful. I'll be so grown up. I'll be almost 13. I wonder what I'll be like when I'm 12. Will I be beautiful? Will a boy like me? My granddaughter is 12, almost 13, as she puts it. And of course, I understand now how young that is. But I really do love the energy and anticipation a child feels, knowing they have a lifetime of opportunity just stretched out ahead of them. When you're that young, it really does feel like forever. I was always a bit small for my age, and a late bloomer with chubby cheeks, a baby face. I had dimples in my hands until my 20s, even though I valiantly starved myself I hated looking young for my age. When boys started showing an interest in my friends, I was viewed as a child, which I now know was a blessing. Once, when I was shopping with my mother, the sales lady said to her when I was in the change room, You know, you could take her to the children's department at Sears. Sears was a department store that has since gone under. Her clothes will be cheaper and you won't pay sales tax. My mother, of course, said, Well, she's 21 and lives on her own, so it's her money. That lady thought I was about 14, which at the time, I didn't really appreciate. But by the time I was in my 30s, I wanted to look young for my age. It's so silly. It's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Joanne said to me once, My children are so wise, and she wasn't very old when she said this herself. Why do you want to look young? And why would you want to look 25? Why don't you just want to look 10? There's no ideal age to look. You should just be fine with looking whatever age you are. There are a lot of beautiful women who look their age, and she's absolutely right. But I had internalized all my messy inadequacy of not being pretty or thin enough, and now I was earning the right to hate myself for looking older. It just keeps getting better, girls. God, I'm so glad that attitude is changing. But Doroth would say to me, you need to cut your hair. You look so hangdog with that long hair. Women over 30 shouldn't have long hair. Another friend would comment about looking like a mutton in sheep's clothing. This was when I was in my 30s. 
In those days, only the very wealthy had medical aesthetic treatments or cosmetic surgery available, so I resigned myself to minimizing sun exposure and using sunscreen, lotions, potions, creams, and elixirs to fight the inevitable. The beauty industry has certainly gotten more than its fair share of money from me. And I'm grateful now that I am older for Carrie Ryan's skin treatments at Clinique de Mode in Toronto. At some point, I'm not sure when, I started jokingly taking 10 years off my age. 10 years was easy because it's just so simple to do the math. That meant I started working full-time when I was 8. I started in IT at 12. I was the Doogie Hauser of the IT industry. If you don't know who Doogie Hauser is, you're very, very, very young. I was married at 12, arranged by my father, of course, but I had lived away from home for four years, so I was quite a mature 12-year-old. I would say these things without really considering the reality that there are actual 12-year-old girls and younger who are married in real life. I had Catherine when I was 13. It was just easy to joke about it, but people didn't necessarily realize I was joking. Sometimes you can say something so outrageous to someone that their first instinct is to believe it, especially if you just say it with a straight face. I worked with a lady who really wanted children, and she has children now, but at the time, it wasn't happening for her. And I, when I was expecting Carrie, when we had to go to one of the client's offices together, people would comment on my visibly expectant state. And Carol would say, oh, she's just selling that baby to me. She already has two. She really doesn't need this one. And people would look at us horrified because it wasn't obvious to them that we were joking. And the same with lying about my age. I would say, oh, yes, well, I was only 13 when Catherine was born, but I was a very mature 13. And I would say it with such earnest sincerity that people would often say, what? Really? Oh my God, wow. At which point, I would have to admit that no, I was actually just saying that to perpetuate a false illusion of youth and didn't think they would believe me. I stopped doing that because I realized my joke was insensitive on so many levels, particularly because this is an actual real-life nightmare for too many little girls in the world. So I'm honest about my age now, and sometimes I even age up by 10 years. I think I look pretty good for 72. People have a tendency to say, oh, 29 again? But, you know, if I take off too many years, people will just think I've lived a very hard life. I'd rather just feel neutral about my age. Do I really want someone to squirm with discomfort because they're thinking, Holy cow, she looks rough for 39. What the hell happened? No. <laughs> I've often heard men joke, You're only as young as the women you feel. But when I say, I'm only as young as the men I feel, the reaction is usually a an uncomfortable, pained expression on the person's face, which, depending on the person, I kind of actually enjoy. But anyway, once you get to a certain age, the question generally doesn't come up unless you're being submitted for auditions. I freely admit I do not get a lot of auditions and I don't get booked very often. My on-camera presence is not exactly in demand. But 
It is intriguing to me that I've recently been submitted for roles that call for age 70 to 75. I mean, I know I'm aging, but to be honest, I really just don't think I can pass for my 70s. I submitted for one role recently that called for an age range of 60-plus, and the casting director invited me to audition for a 45-year-old role. I originally thought they may have made a mistake, but went ahead and did the audition anyway. I didn't get the part, but who knows? It's just, it's hard to look at yourself and even know what other people are seeing. Once in my mid-40s during a commercial shoot, I was chatting with my commercial husband, who, by the way, was very, very average-looking, with crooked teeth and a double chin, and the subject of our children's ages came up. He was shocked at the age of my children. He had really little children, and he said, how old are you? I told him, and he said, wow, normally they cast 25, 26-year-olds to play my wife. He could not believe they had cast someone his age to play his wife. And this was in a really low-budget, non-union commercial. Ah, showbiz. But as my mother always said, don't be afraid of getting older, Julie. It's better than the alternative. To which some people respond, what, better than being younger? No, obviously, growing younger isn't an option. Growing older just means you didn't die. Dorothy was only 64 when she died. Even though I knew that 64 wasn't old at the time, I have to admit the closer I get to it, the younger it looks. And birthdays often lead me to reflect on things like this. I was 37 when Dorothy passed away, and when Catherine turned 37, I couldn't help but reflect on that. In two years, I will be the same age my mother was when she died. It's a sobering thought, but I remind myself that so many people lose a parent much younger than that, so I'm not complaining. And God forbid some people lose a child, which would be the worst thing imaginable. My mom was 55 when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. I booked the day off work so I could go with her for her mastectomy when I found out she was planning on just taking a taxi because my father, Ted, wasn't planning on going with her, and she wouldn't be allowed to drive home on her own anyway. And she was going to be in the hospital for a few days, so someone would have had to go get the car. Like It just didn't make sense. And to be honest, I don't even know whether she asked him to go. Maybe she did, but I can imagine his response if she had. It might have been something like, Why the hell would I go? No need for me to be there. Which would have been classic Ted. So I went with her to her surgery, and when the nurse updated me on her post-surgery status, as they do, I called Ted's office. His secretary informed me that he was in a meeting. My parents owned that property management business. It was a very small business. She had worked with my mother up until my mom was ill. My mom probably even went back to work after that surgery, I would think. Anyway, his secretary told me he was in a meeting. And I said, well, he's expecting me to call. My mom just got out of surgery, and I need to give him the update. But she insisted. He doesn't want to be disturbed. May I leave him a message? Uh, yes. I responded. 
please just tell him his wife isn't dead. That sounds like a shitty thing to say, but you know what? She knew the family. Her response to that was just, will do. Dorothy didn't die from cancer, though, and it hadn't spread. But she was diagnosed with emphysema not long afterward. She quit smoking, an oxygen tank was brought into her home, and she was provided with a portable tank for when she went out. All this without ever having seen a respirologist. Now that there was oxygen in the house, Ted was forced to smoke outside, so he spent quite a bit of time smoking on the front porch, because, of course, oxygen in the house is a fire risk. And he smoked between 50 and 75 cigarettes a day, so he spent a lot of time on that porch. In the dark, the cigarette ember moving up and down, ever so slightly illuminating his face when he took a drag. After he passed away, some of the neighborhood children cooked up some tales about the ghost of Ted. And I only know about this because Joanne taught at a theater camp where she heard these stories from the children. (laughs) I love this story. I'm going to connect her so she can tell you the story. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, Joe. I want to ask you about the ghost of Ted. I'm talking about how Ted had to start smoking outside when Dorothy got oxygen in the house. Oh, okay. And of course, that resulted in him being on the porch, and at night, his the ember from his cigarette would be floating around in the dark. which the neighborhood children enjoyed. You know, you were teaching at a day camp. Just tell us about the ghost of Ted. Yeah, so when I was uh, 14, 15 kind of thing, I was teaching at this day camp. And the day camp was actually held in the basement of this big church on the corner of Ted's street. So naturally, there were a lot of children who grew up on Ted's street who went to this day camp. And Ted was chummy with Mr. McKinnon across the street, and they had these young children. 
anyway, and yeah, and so they were kind of explaining the ghost story about Ted. But they they didn't know he was your grandfather at that point, did they? No, I don't think they made the connection. And so they were talking about it. And I immediately made the connection because what other creepy old man could it be? Sorry, I love Ted so much. Oh, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah, I'm sorry for calling him a creepy old man. No, that's okay, because he was. Yeah, when you don't love him and know him, I'm, I'm sure he could look very spooky from a distance. But anyway, after he passed on, they were explaining that his ghost still haunts Brock Street. And someone was saying, yeah, and he walks up and down Brock Street with his cigarette. And he rings his doorbell with a cane. And another child chimed in and says, no, no, he doesn't. It's just a floating head with a cigarette. And then another child, yeah, and another child chimed in and said, well, no, it's not a floating head because how else would he ring the doorbell? And of course, Gracie McKinnon responded, obviously, he leans in and rings the doorbell with the cigarette dangling from his mouth. But the funny thing about this was that before Ted and Dorothy passed, he had a fancy, bougie doorbell installed. And it was so obnoxious and it was so annoying. And it was one of those drawn out like, do, 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 do. And he loved it. And he especially loved how annoying everybody thought it was. So the fact that he was ringing this doorbell in the afterlife, because the new owners had said to the neighbors, oh, how's it going? How's the house? How are you settling? Oh, we'd like it. But sometimes the doorbell rings and we can't figure out why. So that was the truth. And the mother, Leslie McKinnon, did confirm that bit of the story with me. And then the children had sort of spun it from there as this elaborate (laughs) I think it's a great story. And, you know, the root of it would have been him sitting on the front porch smoking in the dark. I didn't think of it in that way, but that does make a lot of sense. And then when I reported back to you and told you the story, I remember your eyes welled up with tears and you said, you know, that's what Ted would have really wanted the most to know that even after he was gone, he was frightening the neighborhood children. (laughs) Yeah, he would. He would. (laughs) Anyway, thank you. I'll let you go. I just love that story and I wanted to share it. It's a hard story to tell because there's so many versions to it, but the story was rooted in the fact that the new neighbors did mention to Mr. and Mrs. McKinnon that their doorbell was mysteriously going off um, every now and again. Wow. And no one was at the door. That's right. Just the floating embers of Ted's cigarette. Well, one of these days we should check back and see if any of those neighbors are still being haunted by the ghost of Ted. (laughs) okay have a good night thank you you too good night i'll talk to you soon bye yeah bye the ghost of ted once dorothy had that diagnosis her doctor was so focused on her lung disease that she overlooked my mom's increasing pain whenever she ate and accompanying weight loss extreme weight loss sadly society including medical professionals who are human beings and members of society and subject to some of the societal biases, society tends to view weight loss as a positive, but Dorth's inability to eat without pain should have been a huge red flag. It took over six months, and me going with her, making demands, for her doctor to order any tests. 
Three days after surgery to resolve an intestinal perforation, my mom went into cardiac and respiratory arrest. They told us she had uh, maybe a 90% chance of not making it through that night. But she made it through the next six weeks in ICU in London, Ontario, then the next couple of months in the Sarnia Hospital, and a few weeks in Sarnia Palliative Care. We kept thinking she would pull through, and the doctors thought she might, then thought she wouldn't. It was definitely a roller coaster of setbacks and improvements. On some of her better days, she sat up in a chair beside her bed, and I put makeup on her. But on her worst days, she would pull me close to her and tell me, they won't let me die. And barely a whisper, because she still had a trach. She didn't have the use of her full voice at all. I have to say, though, during those months, Ted made arrangements to have some things in the house upgraded that she would not have been well enough to endure while she was at home. Flooring, paint, things like that. And he brought pictures in to show her what he had done. He visited her often, possibly almost every day, even when she was in London. I was amazed at how attentive he was, and I know it meant the world to her. I had been in Boston for work one week in November— my flight home was delayed due to icy weather conditions, and I got home not long after midnight on a Friday. I woke to a call at around 5 that Saturday morning from Ted. He had fallen, and he couldn't get up, which had become a fairly common occurrence when he had been drinking too much. My sister, who lived in Toronto, had forgotten to leave the spare key to his house, so I couldn't get inside to help him. He appeared to not be in imminent danger and didn't want the door or windows broken and he did have the cordless phone he could keep with him so he told me to not worry about it he would try just try and get up as i went about my saturday with the girls unpacking catching up groceries cleaning laundry all the busyness after having been gone for 5 days their father went to the house periodically and peeked in the front window to monitor his progress it took him most of the day to wriggle on his back from the living room, down the hall, through the kitchen toward the back stairs, where he would be able to rock himself up. The risk was, of course, that he might rock too far forward and fall down the stairs, but at least the back stairs was a short flight, only four or five steps. My mom was in really good spirits when I went to see her that afternoon. She seemed great, one of the good days on the roller coaster, and I left her to prepare supper for the girls. Their father and I were going to, I don't know if it was his work party or a rugby party that night. It was a Christmas party anyway, which sometimes there are so many parties in December when there isn't a lockdown that some places will have their party in November or January just so that they can actually get a booking. The hospital called as I was upstairs painting my face. I headed to the hospital myself, and at some point, the girls and their father joined me, but nothing was really going on. They didn't stay. One of my brothers drove in from London, and he and I were there with her when she passed away. Meanwhile, I had not been able to get in touch with Ted. I had tried repeatedly. My brother headed back to London, and I waited with my mum 
and I kept trying to get a hold of Ted. The nurses needed to take Mum to the morgue, but I really thought I should let Ted know first and give him a chance to come up. When he finally picked up the phone, I told him Mum had passed away a few hours ago and that I was waiting for him. He said, nothing to see now, and hung up. It turned out that once he was able to get up, he had gone out drinking, which was why I couldn't contact him. Of course, we didn't have cell phones back then. Classic Ted. So my mom died three months after her 64th birthday, and I know people die younger all the time. Believe me, I was grateful that she had lived long enough for her children to grow up and to at least know some of her grandchildren. She was a wonderful mother and grandmother, and I know how lucky I was to have her. I talked to her almost every day, at least once a day. And when her health deteriorated, I got her groceries every week when I got mine. I spent time with her at her control center in the kitchen when I put them away. And it is true that I was very busy with a demanding job, school-aged children, courses. But I was also doing things just that I liked myself, theater, for example. But in retrospect, I should have been there more for her. I should have gone with her to more doctor's appointments. Maybe she would have had a better outcome if I had advocated for her sooner. I think it's really hard to advocate for yourself when you're not well. It used to take her hours to shower, do her hair and makeup for a doctor's appointment. And I honestly think part of the reason they dismissed her was because she always showed up looking so good, so put together. So I don't think they really believed she was as unwell as she was telling them. But she was also very lonely. She was housebound, much too young. I mean, her mind was 100% intact. And Ted just carried on going out, doing his own thing, having a good time. He often went out for dinner and didn't even think to bring her anything home to eat. And there were days she wasn't well enough to do anything. Thank God she had her dogs. One day, when she was still at home, she had had a very bad day, and she said to me, I just want someone to hold me. And I remember standing there, paralyzed, just watching her break down, and I couldn't even go hug her, which I'm truly ashamed of. I guess I had a hard time accepting that my brilliant, lovely, strong mother was really that unwell. And for years, she had always talked about moving back to Toronto someday, which she obviously never got to do. Her death was the kick in the butt I needed to really appreciate how short life is and appreciate that I needed to hurry up and make some changes or I would also die feeling alone and unhappy. After my mom died, it took me probably about 10 years to stop automatically reaching to pick up the phone to ask her something or just tell her something funny or frustrating or anything. Of course, I still miss her terribly, but I think she would be very pleased with where I am now and so proud of her granddaughters. And I hope that she has forgiven me for not doing better by her. I certainly don't feel ready to go two years from now, which will be her age when she died, but at least if I do, I will not die unhappy or feeling alone.
And that is worth a hell of a lot. Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share with me, please email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. I really do love hearing from people. And because I'm not famous like Catherine, I hardly get any emails, so I have time to check them. Have a wonderful week. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.